Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was um, some years ago a Saturday Night Live sketch uh, by the late Chris Farley, who's describing the climate pattern El Nino, and said, that's Spanish for the Nino. We have um, here Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, where Bar literally means son of. So Bar Timaeus, son of Timaeus, that's his name. Basically, he's just that blind kid, right, on the side of the road. He's been there a good long time. He doesn't really have a name. He's Timaeus' kid. He gets out there every day, puts his cloak down. And what we have in this in this passage, which is... Um, such a great passage, really. For those for those who do every once in a while, like scriptural meditation or lectio divina, you know that some passages lend themselves better to meditating on than others. This is one of the this is one of the good ones. There's all sorts of imagery here of Bartimaeus on the side of the road, the crowd clamoring, the noises, Jesus going into Jericho and out of Jericho and at the edge of town, where generally the beggars sit. Um, you, you see the scene of those who are in need and, and of want. And, and this is the last passage in Mark's gospel before the triumphal entry where Jesus enters Jerusalem. We've been having this journey since, since the Mount of Transfiguration going slowly, slowly to Jerusalem on the way meeting um, a variety of, of different events, um, Jesus being more and more explicit of what's going to happen right when he gets there, saying again and again, he's going to be handed over, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be mocked, he's going to be flogged, he's going to be crucified, and on three days, rise again, continuing this journey toward that event, and just just the scene of, of not only his disciples, but the crowds. And then you hear Son of David, which is a messianic proclamation. 
son of David, have mercy on me. The only place in Mark's gospel where, where this, this proclamation takes place. And people say, quiet, right? Knock it off. This is Jesus. Nobody wants to hear you, son of Timaeus, right? And all the louder he cries out, and, and Jesus, in true Jesus fashion, says, call him here. Call him here. And in the, the lesson we heard, he throws off his cloak, but he didn't actually throw off his cloak because nobody's wearing a cloak in the daytime in the uh, Middle East. You'd melt. So right, he's, really the cloak is on the ground. That's where you throw the money. That's where everything he has is. And so he throws off his cloak means he leaves that behind. He leaves everything of value behind and he goes to Jesus. Jesus says, what what do you want? We heard this question last week to James and to John. What do you want? I want to see. Jesus says, your faith has saved you. And he began to follow him on the way. We have in this sort of this, this contrast, right, of, of a couple of the passages that we've just read in the last couple of weeks. We have a contrast between the rich young ruler who has much. Jesus says, sell everything you have and come and follow me. And he went away sad because he had lots. And then we had last week James and John who said, we want you to do something for us. And Jesus said, what do you want? We want some power, right? We want, we want, we want to be like, you know, I know we know you're going to rule, but we want to be like right there next to you, um, getting as much as we can. That'd be great. Jesus like, well, I don't know if you're going to get, be able to sit on my right and left. We talked about last week because that's the crucifixion and there's already criminals on the right and left, but um, you may not be wanting that so much anyway, really. Uh, but you're going to have to come around, right? James and John are going to have to come around later till after the crucifixion, the resurrection, the coming of the spirit. And all through, all through the gospel, not just Mark, but Matthew and Luke are, are those, those who claim to see, but Jesus keeps saying, you're blind. You think you can see, Pharisees. You think you can see, disciples. You think you can see, they're all blind. But here's one who is blind, who sees already, who knows that Jesus is the son of David, that Jesus is the Messiah. And it's more than just sight, right, that he's after. Because in, in Mark's gospel, following is, is the true measure of discipleship. And so he leaves everything behind. He leaves a life behind of everything he knows, a life of, of comfort, even if it's not always comfortable. Right, we have two passages today that sort of, talk about 
great faith in God. The other one was the, the, the psalm where it says they sow with tears, the seed with tears and, and reap with songs of joy, but they sow with tears. And for a long time, like when I was young, I'm like, I guess they just don't like to work, right? I don't, I don't like when I have to go do yard work. I hate yard work. But there's, it's really, it's really like they're starving, right? This is what, this is the image. They have nothing. This is today's food that they have to sow in order to hope that they have something to eat tomorrow. That's trust and faith. This is Bartimaeus who jumps up and leaves behind everything. Because guess what? Once he sees you better figure out a new way to make a living because nobody's going to throw anything in your cloak when you're sitting there. Hey, I've been here for the last 30 years, but I'd really like you to keep throwing money in my cloak. No. It's, it's really, really a, a call to a new life. I want to see. I want to follow. And the word, even though it says that your faith has made you well, really the word is your faith has saved you. In the very next passage where Jesus enters into Jerusalem, the people are all around yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us. Save us. And so we have a glimpse into what being saved is. Being saved is being willing to follow being willing to leave behind the things of this world and to go after Jesus and follow him on the way to the kingdom of God, even when the way is toward the cross, even when the way is toward hardship and persecution. It also leads to glory and promise, and hope. And so for us, as we, as we look at, at Bartimaeus, and we look at Bartimaeus especially in, in contrast to uh, James and John and, and, and the rich young ruler and the Pharisees and the scribes, we have an example of, of this, is, this is the one we're to emulate. This is the one whose example we're to follow, which is strange, right? I mean, this is a person who doesn't even really get his own name. He's just Timaeus's kid. You know, the blind one who sits on the road begging. He's the one who sets the example for how we cast aside those things that keep us from truly seeing who Jesus is and truly seeing what Jesus calls us to, that we might follow on the way. So much in the same way as we talked about with a rich young ruler, much of the way we talked about James and John, what are those, again, what are those, those things that do blind us, that do keep us back from truly following, seeking, 
risking and being present. Taking comfort in the fact that, that God reaches out to everyone, even the unnamed, even the unknown, as much as us. Because that's the other aspect of this, right? As, as Jesus' disciples, you sort of wonder, we don't, we don't really ever get that, that glimpse of, of Jesus with um, just the 12. Remember earlier on after, after they went out and they did all the, all the work, and um, Jesus says, let's come away to a quiet place by ourselves. And, and then the crowd see him. And he begins to teach 5,000 people who has compassion. And the disciples are like, um, it's getting dinner time late. So why don't you send him away so we can have some quality time with you, Jesus? Seems like Jesus is always giving quality time to everybody but his disciples. So you can sort of see every once in a while, like, I wish Jesus would. Talk to me this way, maybe, you know, right? Like, do we sometimes also feel like that even in church? Like, I'm here every week. I'm this, I'm that. Or do we truly see Jesus for one who, who wants to bring forth saving light and healing grace to the world, to everyone around us? And, and part of our job isn't just isn't just to understand that, but it's just to say, hey, guess what? He's calling you, right? He's calling, take heart, cheer, go. The master's calling your name, go, see. Because there's another aspect of this passage where the, the community, as much as they tell Bartimaeus, shut up, some of them, other people are saying, come on, come on. So for us, not only are we to be prepared to come on, but to cheer, come on to those as well that are on the roadside. May we embrace this grace and this power. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, we give you thanks that you have called us. That you've healed us. you've asked us to follow and invited us to be ministers in your kingdom, to cheer, to encourage, to have compassion. But help us to indeed put aside those things that we might fully follow and be transformed by your grace and your glory through the Spirit of God. In this we pray. Amen.